Calvary Christian Fellowship is a growing vibrant church located in the New York City borough of the Bronx. CCF is dedicated to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ through dynamic preaching, well-balanced teaching and discipleship, and vibrant worship and praise. It is our intention to raise up qualified leaders and ministry teams who will effectively impact their generation for Christ. Visit our website at www.calvaryny.org. Now stay tuned for today's message. Today I want to begin a series that will deal with our relationship with God, especially as it relates to lightening the load that we carry in life and partnering with Him. Um, and I, I believe that uh, we'll, uh, through this series, you'll be challenged to introspect and to see um, what you're carrying that maybe uh, God doesn't want you to carry. So I want you to uh, not just listen to it, but write down the verses, maybe the statements I'm going to be sharing with you, and uh, apply them to your life. And as we get ready, let's re- re- release the children, although they're already going to Children's Church. They don't need my permission, they're just going. That's my weekly reminder, they just start leaving. And for, and for a moment I said, what did I say, what did I say? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So let's open the word of the Lord to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to read from verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to read it from the King James Version, but you might have a different version. That's fine. If you uh, understand that verse, you'll be able to see how he desires that we live in peace. That we, don't, that we do not live overburdened. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the statement here is if you come to Jesus, he will give you rest. But that's the challenge. We need to come to Jesus. If we come to him, if we trust him, if we ask him, he will give us rest. Then it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's a challenge because if his yoke is easy and his burden light, then why are we carrying heavy burdens? You understand? So we need to really um, start understanding that revelation that Jesus shares in those verses and we need to start practicing it in our own lives one time they said uh, the preacher uh, preacher Jesus preacher heal thyself right so we need to apply that verse to ourselves Christian apply it to yourself you know bring yourself to a point of rest that which you preach out to others you need to practice yourself amen so father thank you for your word Dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that we would be able to hear, not just hear your word, but do the word. And I pray, my Father, that you open up my understanding, and I pray that you preach and teach through me. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. Uh, I pray that your people would be encouraged today, and that they would receive instruction, and that, that their faith level might rise on this day, my God, because of your word. Because the entrance of your word gives light. It brings light. It brings revelation. It brings understanding. It brings healing. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. So today we declare that we are free indeed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. So, I'm talking about coming unto Christ, talking about lightening uh, your load, so when we think about lightening the load, uh, let's think about things that take away energy from us. As a parallel, you could use a car. When you ride your car on the highway and you're going at 65, 70 miles an hour, um, it is a fact that you're using more energy. It is a fact you're using more gasoline. Is that not true? If you're going 25, 30 miles an hour, you, lo- you use less gas. Another thing, what happens if you want to move and you decide to hitch a trailer behind your car? 
and you put your furniture inside that big trailer and then you're pulling it with your car. What's going to happen to your car? It'll go slower, it'll be a heavier burden on it, and it'll consume more energy. Because that's the nature of it. It's pulling harder, so the engine has to work harder, so therefore you are expending more energy. So what about, uh, about a car? I mean, years ago, I had a brown uh, Nova, a Chevy Nova, and uh, the indicator, the gas indicator, stopped working. So I would just pretty much fill it up and figure, you know, I have this much. So uh, many times I just presumed I had enough. One time, uh, my car started sputtering and it just stopped working. And so I called the mechanic, I brought the mechanic over, and he came over and he looked at it, checked everything. He said, Victor, it would really help if you put gas in the car. <laughs> so I presumed, I thought I can go further, even though uh, my energy deposit had been depleted. And that happens with many Christians. We're already so used to running on empty that we think we just can do that over and over and over without feeling the effects of it long term. No, the truth of the matter is you will feel the effects and sometimes your body can break down. Sometimes emotionally you can break down. So we need to recharge. And sometimes we think that all we need to do is just take a walk and we'll recharge or we need to go see a movie and we'll recharge. But sometimes it takes God to recharge you. We need Jesus to help to recharge us many times. Sometimes it, 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 you need a supernatural boom, booster. Uh, you know, almighty God, because what you've been going through is you, you've tipped the, 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 the inflection point already happened and you went overboard. And now your body is in all sorts of stress and what you need is you need a touch of God. Amen. Right. And another time, um, I remember when <clears throat> I was uh, going down the highway and I started experiencing problems with the car and called the mechanic and the mechanic says, it would help Victor if you put oil in the car. <laughs> yeah, it really happened to me. And I'm going, uh, 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 well, uh, yeah, I'm too busy. That's our problem. And you know, oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit in scripture. So when you look at these parallels, you can see that even the natural machines that we create also need recharging, refreshing, they need that you consistently take care of it. Same thing with us. And why would I want to share this? I, I want to share it <coughs> because <coughs> as individuals, we need to be healthy. I need to be healthy for my family. I need to be healthy for my church family. I need to be healthy because God is still doing something in and through me. We're not finished yet. God is still doing something in and through you. So that's important. Another thing is inattention. Many times we don't pay attention to our vehicles. You know, you should, put, you should be putting oil in your car every 2,500 miles, right? Sometimes we wait till it's 4,000 miles, 5,000 miles, and we still haven't put brand new oil in the car. So what happens there? Little by little, because of friction, the oil is losing its viscosity, its thickness, so now your, your, your pistons start getting red hot. And for anybody who knows metals, as soon as the metals start getting red hot, they start losing their, their ability to be strong. They start getting soft and they start breaking down. So you always have to have fresh oil in the engine so that you won't lose uh, the tensile strength of the steel inside the pistons or the piston shafts and all that other stuff, that, the machinery that's inside. And the motor itself, because as the pistons are moving against the motor body, you're losing steel. So that now the, the, the piston O-rings uh, can no longer seal the shaft so you won't get as much strength. Man, look, you, man I should have been a mechanic. Well, <laughs> no, this is just layman talk. Really, I, I could get really deep into this, but the truth of the matter is, is we need to put oil in the car. So many times, the other issue is inattention. We just don't pay attention. We pay attention to everybody. We pay attention to uh, the job, uh, the overtime, uh, you know, making money and taking care of kids and everything. We don't take care of ourselves. Point to your neighbor and say, now he's meddling with you. Yeah, because that's what we do. We get used to that. New Yorkers, New Jerseyans, Long Islanders, you know, tri-state area, we do that. And because of that, we start breaking down. I remember when I was 28 years old, um, I, I took on a job that uh, now looking back at it, I, I, I'm glad I went through the experience only just to be able to garner wisdom from it. It was a 500 apartment building. And I had to manage the whole thing. 
It, it, it was combined of a building that was 300 apartments big in, in one side, and across the street, another building, 150 units. So I, was I was responsible for everything in that building, everything, everything, buying, purchasing, staff, uh, repairs, contractors, vendors, management, the owners. I had to meet with them. I mean, everything I was responsible for. So after about eight months, I started getting shortness of breath. After about eight months, I started uh, laying in bed and not being able to sleep. And I started feeling a tightening in my chest. I said, I wonder what's going on with me? So I let that go for a couple of weeks. So after a while, I, it just started really, really messing with me. Because when you don't sleep for a day, it's a problem. But when you don't sleep for a couple of weeks, uh, now you're grouchy and grumpy and, and your eyes are all bagged up. And, 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 you know, and then the, the pain was getting worse. And, and then my heart started going. I'm saying, whoa, that's my ticker. Don't mess with the ticker. You know, so I immediately went to the doctor. And the doctor checked me out. And then he asked me this question. He says, you have stress in the job? Huh? Do you have stress in your job? I went, I have a highly stressful job, yes. He says, you should resign. Because what you're experiencing is stress-related. And here's the problem. Right now, it's stress-related. So if you get away from what's causing the stress within a couple of weeks, all these symptoms will disappear. But if you don't, if you continue to immerse yourself in that level of stress, it will change from emotional, physical, to real sickness. So you have to make some changes in the quality of your life. I went, wow, that is, I never expected that one. So I think I lasted maybe two more weeks, three more weeks, and I resigned from the position. Got to tell you, it took me three months. Three months I had to rest. Three months I had to be without any responsibility, and my wife was gracious with me. You know, we walked that uh, together, and um, I was able to heal. My heart normalized. The, the pain I was experiencing in my chest went away. Uh, my breathing started normalizing again. Uh, you know, I didn't know. I had no idea how devastating uh, living this harried, harangued life, this stressful life can do. How, how it can overload you and, 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 and literally break you down. There are people that don't listen <clears throat> to the doctor's advice, right? And come year in and year out, they're living that stressful life, and they, started getting, they start getting all types of sicknesses. And it is induced from the stress. I'm getting Neumann, could probably 95 of you, 95% of you are living some level of this. My God. So we didn't consider that, but we have to consider that because we live in a real world. You know, uh, overtime at work, children draining you, house chores, uh, responsibilities. One lady by the name of Jody, she says, I can't remember the last time I felt rested and refreshed. My life has been on overload for years. There are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, too many decisions. And it all seems like it has to be done immediately. I often feel like I'm putting my fingers in the holes of a dam, but I don't have enough fingers to stop all the leaks. I'm always tired of always rushing to the next activity. Even after a night's sleep, I still feel drained and fatigued. But when I look around, I see that this feeling is not unique. Everyone is overloaded. Nobody has any margin in their lives. Everyone is trying to do too much. Then we don't have time to do what's most important because every moment is packed. This is madness. It can't be God's will for our lives. I really want to learn how to rest and relax in God's plan. Not just for my own health, but because I can see how my kids are learning the same crazy lifestyle. Mm, my God. There's a, a story of a pet store delivery truck that was making its rounds. And each time it came to a stop, the driver would get out and take a two-by-four, and he'd start banging the sides of the truck. After seeing it happen a couple of times, another man asked him, he said, what in the world are you doing? So the truck driver explained to him, he says, this is only a two-ton truck, and I'm carrying four tons of canaries. So I have to keep two tons of them in the air at all times. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, 
Some of us are like that truck driver. So you're constantly beating up on others or beating the walls or beating this because you have to keep two tons of canaries in the air at all times because you're clearly overloaded. See, and this is the problem with us. Many of us are carrying too much. So why? Why would we share this? Like I said before, we want to be healthy. We need to be healthy for each other, for our families, for our futures, for our children. We want to be um, healthy physically also, not just spiritually. We want to be healthy um, emotionally. We want to be healthy relationally. And it's hard because, like Jody said, very, there's little margin time to fellowship. I'd love to fellowship more with many of you, but many times I feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed at work. I feel too many responsibilities, and, and, and we need to address our lives. And also, we need to rest in the Lord because the next generation that is growing up right next to us, they want to see models of balanced living, models that can show them how to live in such a way that we can bring glory to God and great benefit to those around us. So the problem is the kids around us and the people around us, they're growing up very fast. So if we don't shift now, we're not going to be the mentor that we should be. All right? So Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 28, has three essentials. Uh, it talks about, you know, leaning on him, trusting him. So the three are come. We first must come, and also we must be able to take from him that which he's given us, and we must learn from him. So it's three areas I'll, I guess I'll be touching on. The first one that I want to touch today is we need to come to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying get saved, but yeah, if you don't know Jesus yet, you need to come to him because he's the one that will give us rest. But you Christian, you man, you woman of God, we need to come to Jesus on a daily basis. Every day we need to uh, bring before the Lord our, our wounds, our pains, our offenses, uh, um, you know, our, our, our worries, our concerns, our cares. You know, the Bible actually commands us not to worry, but yet we're almost worried all the time. We're, we're worried about something all the time. Worried about the children, worried about the money or lack thereof, worried about our time, worried about the job, are we going to get there on time? Worry about this meeting, that person, that situation. Always worried. But yet, Jesus says, come to me. Now, in the scriptures, people came to Jesus for many reasons. They came for forgiveness. They came for healing. They came for advice. They came for the bread, the loaves, the fishes, right? For many reasons. But we need to come to Jesus for rest. Why? He'll give you rest. Say to your neighbor, he'll give you rest. <clears throat> Say to your other neighbor, and you need some rest. <laughs> It goes more, much deeper than physical rest because we can have eight hours of, uh, of sleep and wake up the next morning and still be stressed out. Yeah. I, I know what that is. I've been there. And, 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 and I can feel it. Now, because I experienced that situation at age 28 where I would feel the tension. And you know there are extreme levels of stress where, where you could crack your bones, where your, your, your muscles could get so tense that it could actually crack your bones. There was a level of stress that Jesus experienced at the Garden of Gethsemane where, where literally uh, blood started pouring out of his skin. Extreme levels of stress. And now, um, when I start feeling the onset of that, I can discern it. Oh, 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 this is not a good thing. I'm not in a good place. Let me go take a walk. Let me go identify some of the things I have to say no to or some of the things I have to say, stand by. I'll see you in a week. Let me revisit this in a week. I cannot take care of it today. Right? It's very important. We need to discern our level. Each one of us have different capacities. And I know my capacity. I don't, I'm not trying to be like you, and I don't want you to be like me. Some of us could take a lot more. Some might not be able to take as much in, in, in whatever area. I'm not sure. But you have a limit. You have to get to know your limit. You have to get to know your limit. One of the things I know, one of the things I know, as a building operator or as a building manager is even the boiler has limits. I will never put the boiler above its limits because the doggone thing can explode, literally burst, right? And, and people could die. So I have to set it at specific limits. I can't go beyond 15 pounds per square inch on my boiler because it's not created as a high-capacity boiler. It's, it's a low-pressure boiler, not a high-pressure boiler. 
So you have to know your limits. And here's the problem. People don't know your limit, so they're going to continue to want to put stuff on you. Circumstances want to put stuff on you. And other, frankly, others just don't care. They just want their stuff taken care of. So you have to know for yourself what your limit is. So I got a good, I got a good um, uh, limit switch. You ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you the limit switch. You ready? Okay. It's called say no. Sometimes we have to say no. And here's the problem. As soon as you say no, especially to your friends and family members, they're going to get upset at you because they want you never to say no to them. They don't care what you're going through. They just never want you to say no. And sometimes you have to say no. So practice it with me today. You ready? One, two, three. Oh, you're ready to go. Woo-wee. Some of you are ready to go. All right, so, so what? Let, let's go. One, two, three. No. See, you don't have to say it that angrily. Wow, I mean, you let all your resentment out that one shot, man. Some of you went, no. No, no. You can say, no, I can't right now. And you could nicely explain, and perchance they might understand. If they don't, then, you know, what are you going to do? Can't do it right now. It's, you know, it's something that we need to grow into, something we need to share, especially those that, that like to please everyone. That's a very dangerous thing because it can burn you out. And then after they finish you, you know, you're on the casket and they go, okay, this victim's gone. I mean, this brother in Christ or sister in Christ, next. But the truth of the matter is, you know your limit switch. So he brings rest to the soul, but it's much deeper. It's much deeper than mind and emotion. You know, we need Jesus to help us in this. We need rest from anxiety, tension, guilt, fears. So how do we unwind? How do some of us unwind? What do you like to do when you unwind? Music. Yeah, actually, it, music is a great tension reliever. Right. What else? Exercise is a great tension reliever. Absolutely. And, and part of what we don't do that helps us to get into a lot of stress-related things is lack of exercise. We don't exercise enough. So you, if you build up your body, you'll be able to take stress better. So it's a good thing to get into exercise for many reasons, but that's one. It helps the heart. Um, it, it helps the body. Uh, you know, it helps you. And it's also a great therapy uh, type of um, activity. So once you get into it and, and enjoy it, some of you might want to run. Some of you might want to go to um, the health club and use some of the machines. Others just might use a simple tool at home, you know, maybe a couple of weights, free weights, and exercise at home, but that's very important. But none of them can rest your soul. None of them can rest your soul. See, so in Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31, Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31, it says, he gives power to the faint. Who? God. He gives power to the faint. And even them that have no might, he increases strength. See, it's not your, you're not increasing it. He's increasing it for you. He's the one that's given power to the faint-hearted or the faint. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with, weak, with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, so Jesus could give us new strength. The Lord Jesus can give us, because of that relationship, he can increase our strength and our power to deal with life. All right? So what else? When the culture uh, experiences stress or problems, what do they do? Do more. Have more. Buy more toys. That's not going to rest your soul. See? And so they'll, they'll want to go to the guru and, you know, um, and try to, you know, and to a certain degree, you need some moments where you can meditate and relax. That's, that's all well and good. But it's not a plan. It's not a plan to rest your soul. You need Jesus to rest your soul. When the culture says do more, Jesus says, come as you are. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 6 if you're overloaded, you desperately need his strength, his peace, his joy. 
The book of Philippians talks about the joy of the Lord. So we need his joy. His joy is to know that he's with us. His joy is to know that he's there to give us strength. He never leaves us nor forsakes us, forsakes us. So he gives us joy and that peace in the midst of all your issues. In the midst of all your struggles, you can still experience joy. So why don't we turn to Jesus more often? It's a good question, right? Why do we tend to want to continue to depend upon ourselves only? Because I think many times we just think we can handle it on our own. That's what it is. We, I don't need help. I can do it on my own. We forget that God is waiting for us to ask for help. Let me ask you a question. Have you seen these commercials where the lawyers are asking you to call them? If you have a problem, if you fall down, if you hit a wall, you know, if you, you know anything, we can help. And then they... Uh, uh, share a litany of issues that they want you to call them for. Why don't they just take your case? Why don't they just go to court and advocate for you? Why do they need to um, continuously be on TV asking you to call them? Huh? They want their 33%. Well, that is true. They do want to get paid. That is true. But why are they calling? Why don't they just go to court and, and do your case and get the 33%? That's the key right there. You need to ask them. They need permission. We need to sign a contract authorizing them to stand on their behalf. And this is what happens with Almighty God. God says, I have this for you. Now, when you're ready, just ask me for it and I'll give it to you. See? So he's waiting. And the Bible calls Jesus also an advocate. He calls the Holy Spirit an advocate. An advocate is somebody who comes alongside you and helps you when you ask for them, when you ask for their help. See, and this is the problem. We don't ask Jesus many times. Or we ask him and then we take it away. We sign the contract, just about ready to give it to the lawyer, then we break the contract. So now I'll do it myself. That's what we do many times. But truthfully, we need to give him control and then we need to give up control. We need to give them control, then we need to give up control. Mm, my God. And the reason why we're overloaded is because it all depends on me. I must hold everything together. Uh, wrong. There's some things you can't hold together. There's some people you can't hold together, no matter how much you try. Circumstances you can't hold together. Sometimes the best thing to do is just let an organized chaos happen. And then God starts rebuilding, brand new. Yeah, serious. I mean, just sometimes you, let, you need to let the thing crash and burn. I'll give you a good example. Every time a plane has to come down from the sky, you know what it does? You know what they're forced to do? Hmm? Well, let's say, for example, it's a normal, regular flight. There are no problems, but they need to land. What is it that they need to do? Exactly. They need to fall. We don't look at it as that. So, oh, it's time, you know, so it starts going down. No, what they're actually doing is falling. But what they do is they control the fall. See? So they don't fall so hard as to, you know, to crash the plane. They fall just enough so that they calculate, if I fall this many feet throughout a process of this many miles, I will fall just in time to land on that strip over there. So it's a controlled fall. But make no mistake about it, if they make a mistake, they can crash and burn. So in our lives, we have to sometimes let things fall. So what you do? You and Jesus, him giving you the wisdom, him giving you the understanding, you control that fall. I just got that one, by the way. I just, you know. <laughs> so think, think about it. Think about it. We have the wisdom to be able to land this plane in such a way where... It's time. You can't continue because there's no more. Actually, the planes, they also put enough fuel in there to go from point A to point B. Then they have a little reserve, but not much more. Because, you know, fuel's very expensive. So if they're forced to stay in the air long enough, what ends up happening? Exactly. They can no longer, thank you, for, uh, that was a very apropos, you know, yeah, a very good sound. Now they can't control the fall. 
Now the plane would just go down because they no longer have any more fuel to be able to control their descent. And that's what happens to us, to, to us many times. We just keep on going, going, going till there's no more gas inside, see, the gas tank, and then there's a non-controlled descent, and we crash and burn. But even there, God will pick you up. Even there, when you ask, He will pick you up. He will help you. He'll give you strength. He gives strength to the faint. He gives strength to the faint. And He gives power to those that ask. Even though youths are strong, they fail. They get tired. Praise God. So, the greater your need for control, the more overloaded and stressed you will become. I'm going to say it again. The more greater your need for control, the more overloaded and stressed you'll become. What's the second thing that Jesus was talking about in that verse? He says that, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke is a wooden frame that joins two farm animals together so that they could team up. It's not a harness. It's a yoke. It's, it's something that allows uh, two animals to team up. So the yoke is a symbol of partnership. You weren't meant to carry your load all by yourself. Jesus says, let me take the load. Let me carry it for you. Let me take the heavy part. Jesus, he doesn't add to your load. He shares your load. See, because Almighty God has a stronger back than you do. I'm going to say it again. Almighty God has a stronger back than you do. Amen. The Lord Jesus says, if you join up with me, I will pull the load with you. But we all know, uh, I mean, I've shared here various times, that when uh, the farmer puts these animals together, he'll put the senior animal uh, to carry the, the greater burden and the newer, the younger animal to yoke with him and to learn how to carry the load. And they're partnering together, but in reality, the senior um, animal is carrying, or the ox is carrying the, the majority of the burden. And in this case, when Jesus is talking about yoking up with him, he carries the majority of the burden, and he helps us. Because, and then he says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's because he's carrying the majority of it. And now you go through life, you're partnering with him, you feel the, the, the burden, you feel it, but it's not overbearing. Praise God. We've got to get to that place. And this summer, we need to walk with the peace of God. This is a summer we need to enjoy. This is a summer we need to walk with God. This is a summer we need to partner with Almighty God. There's a lot He wants us to do. There's a lot of people He wants us to minister to. But we need to flow through a place, a position of peace, a position of power, a position of grace, a position of love. It's hard to minister to anybody when you're overloaded. It's hard to minister to anybody when, you, when you're stressed out, when you're all grumpy and grouchy. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Praise God. So every time we get this detached from Jesus, this detachment equals stress. And then the second thing, the yoke helps because a yoke is a symbol of unified effort. So when the senior is going that way, the junior is going together with them. So it helps direction. It helps to guide us. Exactly right. When I'm yoked with Christ, we can move together. I can move at His pace. I can move with His vision. I can move in His direction. I don't want God to bless what I'm doing. I want to do what God is blessing. I want to join Almighty God and do what He is blessing. Amen. Praise God. I need direction. I need somebody to set the pace. And I need the Lord Jesus to set that pace. And isn't it interesting? Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never in a hurry. I need to go here. I need to do that. And he'd rest. He'd go to the mountain. And many times it was the disciples that were trying to rush him. He said, no, I got to go pray. I got to go, you know, meditate. I got to go talk with the Father. I need to get away by myself. Yeah. And he'd make them, he would make them wait. Yeah. And sometimes you got to make some people wait. Yeah. You need to make circumstances and situations wait. The Lord is my pace setter. Say that with me. The Lord is my pace setter. So the truth is, you will always be yoked to something. You'll always be controlled by something or someone. But you can pretty much choose who you want to be yoked to. Who are you yoked to today? Because if you're yoked to someone other than Jesus, that might be part of the cause of your stress. <clears throat> I heard some of you say, hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we don't think about these things. We just run into life. 
We're running like full. Where are you going? I don't know. You don't even know, you don't even know when you're going to get there because you don't know when you're going. You don't know where you're going. Amen. So why not choose the easiest yoke? Be yoked to Jesus. Be perfectly fitted to Jesus because he's got your right size yoke, by the way. How many of you love to go to Macy's and just buy everything? <laughs> why not? Because you won't. You want, I mean, you experience everything. See, I, I mean, I don't want to offend Brenda this week because last time I shared this, she said, no, it's my husband that does that. But you love to experience. Let me say it this way. Some of you people like to experience everything. You don't just come and buy. You need to touch every garment. Feel the fabric. Look at the price. Window shopping. That is an incredible stress reliever for many. And us husbands, we have the chair on the outside. It's called a husband bench. Well, the truth, the truth of the matter is, even though... What was that? Was that? A Brenda bench? Okay. Or a Brenda bench. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, you don't buy everything. You have to whittle it down and say it's a specific size, a specific budget, a specific color. Isn't that true? It's not a one-size-fits-all. You can't just go grab the first thing. It might not fit you. You have to first find the proper size. And then once you find it, then the next thing you need to do is you need, you need to go into one of them rooms. I hate doing that. Uh, some people love that. You, love, you go like, well, 10 different pants and shirts and, you know, blouses. And you go in there and you come out. And then, of course, the husband or Brenda <laughs> need to be standing there. <laughs> what do you think? Does it make me look fat? <laughs> oh, you, all, you, all you ladies do that. I don't understand that question. I don't answer it. I just go. Beautiful color. <laughs> That's not a smart question. I'm not, I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Ay, ay, ay. Get it back, Victor, get it back. So the truth of the matter is, um, no, you, you can't just buy everything. You have to buy specific. And when you buy specific, it's tailor-fitted to you. And it looks good. It feels good. You wear it well. That's the yoke of Jesus. Any yoke you take that stresses you out, it's not a good yoke. You should feel it right away. Oh, too heavy. Oh, too big. Oh, going the wrong way. You should take the yoke of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of us don't have one yoke. Some of us have 12 yokes. Now, I don't understand how that works. How in the world do you think you could be at peace when you have 12 yokes around you? This person's controlling you. That person's controlling you. That situation's controlling you. That's insanity. That's a sure plan for fatigue and breakdown. You should have one yoke. Say to your neighbor, one yoke only. Praise God. And so we get stressed out, so we go on vacation. But how long does vacation last? One week for me literally gets me rested enough to enjoy the vacation. Is that true? I need to have, for, to have a good vacation, I need to have at least three weeks. Yeah. Because the first week, that's when I'm coming down. My brain stops working at 150 miles an hour. It goes down like to about... 58.6 miles an hour. No, it, it just normalizes. I feel calm after the first week. Now I'm ready to enjoy the vacation. The second week, I'm starting to get into vacation mode and I'm starting to, you know, I don't know, just chill out. The third week, now I'm resting. Then it's time to go to back, back to work and do the whole thing again for another year. So vacation isn't the answer. And that's if you get three weeks. How many of you get three weeks? Yeah, I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to get one week this year. Yeah, One month? Oh, no, now you're showing off. <laughs> if I get one week vacation at the end of one, one month, I might not go back. I might be so chilled out and relaxed. Get out of here. I ain't going back to work. I like where I'm at right now. Right? Yeah, but the truth of the matter is it's not the answer. 
The answer is give up control. Give it to Jesus. Then the other thing is learn to trust him. We need to learn to trust Jesus. He's the one that modeled how to live with purpose and peace. If you want to have good health, if you want to be balanced in your life, in your mind, your thoughts, trust Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Learning is a process. You aren't born learned. You have to learn this. So it's okay that you're learning this with Jesus, but here's the key. How does a student learn? It's not just enough. Something else. Huh? Information. You need to receive information? Being hands on. In other words, you've got to be close to the teacher? Ah. Spirit, you need to be close to the teacher, do homework. There has to be that mentorship, mentor-mentee type of relationship. It's a process. So it's okay to develop that relationship with Jesus. He wants that. You're not learned in that. It's something you learn. It's a process. In all friendships, when you first develop your friendship, you're very nice with each other, you're polite, right? Then after a couple of months, one of you offend the other. Invariably, that will happen. Guaranteed. If you're going to have a deep relationship, you're going to offend each other. And I always say it this way. Let's offend each other very quickly so we could get over that hurdle and develop the real friendship. No, serious. Because if you don't offend each other, you're not really at that level when you could speak into each other's life. When you can really develop that ability to talk to each other and talk to your face, in your face, and then afterwards go have coffee together. Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where you're really developing a, a good relationship where you could get that mutual impartation. And many times we don't allow the Lord Jesus to speak into our lives. The minute he starts exposing one aspect of our life, we get offended and walk away. And many times the way Jesus will talk to you is in your job with a very difficult boss or maybe with your pastor or maybe with your fellow elder or your fellow co-worker, uh, your fellow um, teammate at church. You'll offend each other and then you don't want to deal with it. No, it's time to... How can I say? We have to toughen up, really. This generation, I'm very concerned because everybody's offended. Everybody's offended. For, everybody wants to sue for any little thing. Oh, I'm offended. For what? He dropped a dime. I mean, that's how the... Uh, you know, I, when I hear that, I feel like going, get over it then. You're offended, get over it. Yeah. The, the other day, uh, one of the people at the building were very upset because there was a little mark on the floor. I said, we'll take care of it. No, 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 no. There's it, no excuse. Uh, I felt like saying, uh, get over it. I said, we'll take care of it, right? Didn't I tell you like two times we'll take care of it? But you can't because then they get offended because then you spoke, you, re- you, you retorted sharply. So they're offended at one thing or offended at Everybody's offended, walking around offended. So my, my, my attitude is, you know, get over it. Toughen up. Stop it. Because see, if you are, if anything offends you, then you have allowed a lie to enter your, your spirit man, to enter your mind. Life is tough. Say, with, say this with me. Life is tough. Get over it. Grow up. Now, when I say grow up, I'm not trying to insult people, and I'm not, certainly not saying it to you, because everybody here, you're all grown up. I just know it. You never get offended. I just know that. So, anyway. But the point is, is that if you don't allow your mentors to speak into your life, even when it hurts, what will happen is you'll never grow up in a, in a part of your... Um, of your soul where every time something hits you instead of saying okay how does this deal with me what do I do what do I need to change or it might be have nothing to do with me I'm fine isn't it interesting when you learn to take correction instruction after a while it doesn't hurt you as much after a while you're looking at it objectively same thing as exercise when you first deal with an offense similar to doing weights. When you have to lift weights, let's say um, you, you want to start building a little, you know, nice little muscle here. What do you want to start with? Huh? Like what? Five pounds? Two pounds? Two pounds. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Two pounds. Maybe five. But true, it's depending on the person. 
Two pounds. Okay? If I do two pounds, I'll go like this. <laughs> well, let's, say, let's say five pounds. Five pounds. With five pounds, you might be able to do uh, uh, five, five reps. But after a while, you're doing 20 reps. So you, you shouldn't lose five pounds anymore. Now you go 10 pounds. Then after a while, 20 pounds. It's the same thing. Inside, there's a muscle, and it's not a physical muscle. It's like a mental, emotional, spiritual muscle that when you first start getting challenged to come higher, you're going to feel like it's an exercise. You're going to feel like you're overwhelmed when you're getting correction, when you're getting challenged. It, it, it makes you get angry and you, you want to, especially young folk that have never had that level of accountability before, that muscle needs to be exercised. Then after a while, you can take it, you see? So we as Christians, we need to just learn this process and stop getting off. And let me say it this way. Even if it's offensive to you in terms of maybe a correction or, or pointing out of something that might be a benefit to you, take it. Think about it. Pray. Go for a walk. Say, hmm, does it have to do with me? Be objective about it. Be truthful to yourself. Because the worst thing in the world is when you deny the truth. When somebody's telling you something for your own good and you're going you, to blow them away. You're going to blow them off because you didn't like it. But you're never going to grow. See, you know, there were times when Jesus says, you know, you're a dog. One time Jesus said, you're a whited sepulcher. You know what a whited sepulcher is? You know what a gravestone is called? A sepulcher. And so Jesus was call, calling the Pharisees, you whited sepulchers, full of dead men's bones. So every once in a while, Jesus would let them have it. One time, they came to Jesus, and they got offended, and they left. So he went to the disciples. Uh, you guys want to go too? Yeah. So many times, Jesus wasn't the, the sweetest person on earth. And forget about, forget about Jesus. What about Paul? Paul was tough. If he didn't like you, go back home. I don't want you to walk with me. He sent John Mark home. Yeah. What about Peter? <laughs> Peter was the worst. If you mess with Peter, he'd get me a knife right now. Get me a knife right now. <laughs> yeah, give me a machete right now. I got to teach this boy a lesson right about now. <laughs> but, we, but we all have a journey that we're walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what happens is if we don't learn from Jesus, what did Jesus say? I'm humble, I'm meek. See, he didn't say I'm weak. He said I'm humble and meek. Meekness, meekness is controlled power. He said, I know I got the power, but I'm responding meekly for your sake because I'm mentoring right now. I'm teaching you right now. So right now I can call a legion of angels, seven legions, 70 legions of angels. If I want. They'll come and destroy all y'all. But for your sake, I'm being meek. I'm being humble because I'm teaching you how to be able to carry your yoke. Right? But we're aggressive. We can't wait. We want it now. We want it done yesterday. We're offended. We're angry. People, we've got to start calming down and learning from Jesus, receiving and activating that. Praise God. Others are just arrogant. We want to control everything. You know, we're, we're the best in the room. We're the biggest and the baddest. That also has to stop because you're not going to learn from Jesus. The an antidote is gentleness and humility. Why do we want to trust God? Because it'll heal us. Because we'll be able to put on the proper yoke. We'll live longer. We'll leave a legacy. We'll, we'll be able to be a blessing to others. We'll mentor his love to other people. People are looking for us. They're looking at us. They're waiting. You know, today's media, they're just waiting for any of us to slip up. They won't say anything of the good things we're doing in the community, but oh, forget about it. What if pastor messes up? What if the elder so-and-so messes up or uh, deacon so-and-so messes up? It'll be front-page news. They're looking. But what happens when they see somebody really living this life and modeling this love? They might not show it on Channel 7 Eyewitness News, but the community will see it. But the ones you're mentoring will see it. Those that, that it's important to will see it. Praise God. So turn to him. Give up the control and learn to trust. I add this word. Daily. Daily. That's the last thing I'll say about this is daily. Because we can do it once a year, 
It'll help us for that day. But didn't Jesus say, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says, do it daily. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his love daily. Every morning when you get up, receive his love. Receive his yoke every day. Praise God. Finances, aging parents, children, health. We all have the answer today. So, let me go back to that verse. That verse says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let me read this, this uh, poem. One person said it this way. The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me to stop and rest in quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restores my serenity. He leads me in the ways of efficiency through calmness of mind. And even his guide, guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret, or rather, I will not fret, for his presence is here. His timelessness and all his importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity. By anointing my mind with his oils of tranquility, my cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in his, in his house forever. That's an interesting take on Psalm 23. But the truth of the matter is, we do need his help each and every day. And the quicker we get used to that and understand that and partner with him, the more we'll be able to get on with a life that is joyous, exciting, and at the same time, you'll know that he is with you. Taking his yoke upon you, the burden will be light. Will you have challenges? Yes. But you'll have a different perspective. Will you have issues? Yes. But he is with you. He gives you power. He gives you strength. Amen? So say this with me. I will walk in his peace. I will take his yoke upon me. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. for listening. We pray that this message fueled your faith. For more resources visit www.calvaryny.org. You are blessed and highly favored.